0: Good morning. Today is the 12th of Heshvan, uh, first day of November of 2017. We're going to start Hilkhod Avodah the Hokot HaGoyim of Harambam, a very, very important subject. Um, although, although it doesn't seem to, at the first blush, doesn't seem to fit within the themes of, uh, of Sefer Hamada, it actually does. It does very beautifully. It's the antithesis of everything we have been saying so far. So we have Isodeha Torah. We have the the basis of the Torah and the total opposite. What a person can do to go totally against the Torah is Abodah Zarah. Not only that, but in fact, a a um, an implicit base basis of the Torah, or more accurately, one of the objectives of the Torah is to take us away from Avodah Zarah. I'm going to explain what avodazara is. I'm not going to translate Avodah Zarah every time, but the translation of Avodah Zarah is not idolatry, but rather alien worship, a worship even of God, which is alien, which is not the one that was prescribed by the Torah. Avodah Zarah has two aspects to it that make it the worst offence one can commit, one is the political aspect. And that's perhaps the most important one. It's the the fact that by doing avodah Zarah, one is in fact, um, being, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's betraying, he's betraying his relationship with God and moreover, he's betraying his relationship with the Jewish people who have agreed as one to the Torah by engaging in something that goes so against it. So that's a political aspect of it. And Avodah Zarah really helps us understand the political aspect of our relationship, the Jewish people with the other nations. Um, and the, the, other, the other point is the more let's call it theological, philosophical aspect, which is really a psychological aspect. Avodah Zara is a very, very interesting phenomenon that has always existed, exists till today. And uh, it's an answer. Avodah Zara, every practice of Avodah Zara, the, the, the kinds of rituals and worships that people engage in, come to address innate human needs that we all have deep in our subconscious. So the Torah is the alternative to that. The Torah satisfies our soul and our subconscious needs in a more perfect way than Avodah zara does, uh, but it addresses the same need, which is why, as I said before, one of the points of the Mitzvot and the point of the Torah is to try to save us from needing to recourse to Avodah zara. So with that, I'm going to begin. Avodah Zarah The of Avodah Zarah, and together with Avodah Zarah, we also have something else at the end of this uh, of this section, which is Hukot Hagoyim. It's all the the habits of the other nations, or all the the rights of the other nations, which also have something to do with Avodah Zarah. As we'll see, Yesh Mitzvot. It has fifty one. Misvot. I'm not going to translate them simply because it would take too long. Shetemitzvot said there is two positive affirmative pre- prescriptions. 49 negative prescriptions. As you can see, a lot of misvot have to do with Avod This is their uh, this is their list. שלא לגדף. שלא יעבוד אותה כדרך עבודתה. שלא ישתכבה לה. שלא לעשות פסל לעשמו. שלא לעשות פסל אפילו לאחרים. שלא לעשות צורות אפילו לנוי. שלא להדיח אחרים אחריה. לשרוף עיר הנדחת. שלא לבנותתה. שלא להנות מכל ממונה. שלא להסיד יחיד לעובדה. שלא לאהוב המסית. שלא לעזוב שנאתו. שלא להסילו. שלא ללמד על זכות. שלא יימנע מללמד על חובה. שלא להתנבה בשמה, שלא לשמוע מן המתנבא בשמה. שלא להתנבה בשקר ואפילו בשם השם שלא לארור מהריגת נבי שקר. שלא לשבע בשם עבוד הזרה שלא לעשות אוב. שלא לעשות ידיוני. שלא להעביר למוולכ. שלא להקים בס שלא להשתחוונות על אבן מסקיק. שלא לא להתעשירה. לאבד עבור זרה וכועל נעשה בשבילה, שלא להנות בעבודה זרה ובכום משמשיה, שלא להנות בסיפויי נעיבד, שלא לכרות ברית לעבודי זרה הזרה, שלא לחון עליהן, שלא ישבו בארצנו, שלא להידמות במין אבותם ומלבושן, שלא לנחש, שלא לקסום, שלא לעונן, שלא לחבור חבר, שלא לדרוש למתים שלא לשאול, Beov, Shrolich Olbidoni, Shiloh Chef, Shrole Akivatros, Shrola Shit Piazakan, Shroya Shiloya Deish Adesha Shluta Adesha De Ish, Shiloh Tokaka, Shiloh Hit Kodel, Shiloh Asotkur Han, Ube Urkolha Miswata Elu Bifrakim Ellu, and the elaboration of this Miswat is going to be in this chapter. Perakrishan Ala Khalev. This chapter is going to be more of a historical background to Abu Zarah and how it came to be, answering a very major question. If Adam Harishon knew he was created, and he knew that God created him, and he presumably told this to his children and his children to his children, then how come, how could anyone ever start doing Abu Zarah? So that's one of the points of this chapter to answer this interesting question. A more important and sophisticated point is to explain to us the psychology behind Avodah and more importantly, the political motivations behind Avodah Zarah through a, some sort of a story. Obviously, all based in Midrashim from Hachamim. Enosh, in the times of Enosh, who was the grandson of Adam HaRishon, Ta'o Adam min People made a big mistake uh, the sages of that time did not understand things right, and Enosh himself was one of those who made this mistake. This was their mistake. Given that God created stars and this galgalim, uh, as we explained in the first chapters of Hilchot Esodei Torah, these uh, uh, spheres, the orbits, And these are the ones who actually govern, who have a say on how the physical world works. And he put them up high. And he's sort of honoring them by putting them high there. And they are servants that serve him. They are worthy of our praise. Of our um, loading them and of our honoring them, and this is obviously what God wants. Pay attention. Parentheses. This is one of the key points of Avodah Zarah Is when you, when human beings decide what it is that God wants, and this is what God wants to 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 honor those who honor him. In other words, to honor his minister, his servants. Just like a king would obviously want us to honor and respect the ministers serving him. By honoring, by respecting the ministers of the king, we are respecting and honoring the king himself once they concluded that then they started actually building altars and building temples and bringing offerings and to praise them uh, with with words and to bow down before them in order to obtain the favor of the creator they they were aware of God being the creator and that that and that the object of their worship was not was what created them <inaudible> with this faulty with this faulty um understanding idea of them the <inaudible> and this was the root of abodazara the <inaudible> And this is exactly what those who worshipped these temples and these, and these statutes, uh, the ones who knew how this all began, the Aikar, the root, they knew that they were worshipping, or they thought that they were worshipping God himself. They wouldn't say that, that a specific star is the one that is supposed to be worshipped, but rather only as a minister. As an extension of God. And in Mayahu says in this Pasuk that he says to God, God, everyone fears you, everyone knows who you are all around the world. And the fact that they do Avodah Zarah is not because they don't know who you are and they don't fear you, but they make one small mistake, there is one cognitive error that they have that brings them to worship the way they worship, not because they don't take you seriously. God, everyone all around the world knows about you, takes you seriously. is the pasuk. As if to say that everyone knows that you are the only God, but their mistake and their 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 cognitive fault is that they they imagine that this object of their worship is what you want. We have a little bit of a I'm going to switch uh, Mishneh Torah. Just one second. Alechadlet or Alechabet in some books. The harsher arichu ha'yamim. And as the days went by, as the days continued, then not only did people worship temples and, and statues that represented in their minds the ministers so to speak of god the stars and the constellations in order to honor god himself but as time went on there arose false prophets and they said falsely deliberately lying that god himself had come to them and told them that this is what they have to do they have to worship this certain star or they have to worship all of the stars and they have to bring this and this offering, obviously in very, uh, very, very detailed instructions. And you have to build them this kind of a temple and you have to make this kind of a statute and, and bow down to it. And he wants everyone to worship him this way the women, the children, and everyone else and then he further tells them what the spirit of the star that he allegedly saw in this prophecy looks like a, a an asterisk I want to drop a footnote here um throughout antiquity and, and until recently what was always worshiped in in Avodah Zarah was not the object itself. No Native American in the right mind would have thought that the totem carved two hours ago from wood has some power. What they always thought is that this totem somehow becomes worthy, becomes capable of serving as a house for, serving as a base for the spirit. It's the spirit that they are worshipping. The spirit goes inside the totem and that's what they're worshipping. So when we speak about, for example, Surat Hama, Surat Levana, later on in the chapters, Harambam explains in Perush HaMishnayot that uh, uh, the the way the, the, the Goyim would worship the sun and the moon is not by the shape of the sun, the shape of the moon but rather by the shape of something else that represents the sun or the moon. So just to give you an example, in, um, in Roman times, uh, the god Apollo, which was shaped as a human, it was shaped as a very fit human being on a chariot, he represented the sun. He was a sun god. In other words, it's not a sun itself. It's not the shape of a sun, but the shape of this man riding a chariot that is Apollo. Or the goddess Diana represented the moon. So these are two examples of what Surot is. And this is what these false prophets would say in in their description of how God allegedly wants to be worshipped and this way they started creating statues and and temples or palaces and under trees and on top of the mountains and on top of the of, of the of it's small mountains they would gather and bow down to them and they would teach everyone that this statute itself, has uh, good powers or bad powers, can do good to you, can harm you, and it's appropriate to worship it and to fear it. Now we have a new element here, and the priests would say that if you do this certain uh, segula, this certain uh, sort of act with this you throw water this way, you bring an offering this way, you are going to suddenly have you're going to have a lot of blessing in your business. You're going to have health. and do exactly this. Don't do that. Very important. Rambam is describing here how all of these instructions were very detailed. This is a very important insight, which is going to become relevant in a second. And there were some other kind of liars. So The first kind of liars were Neveha sheker, false prophets that would say that God spoke to them. Second kind of liars, now, just like we went from worshipping uh, God to worshipping the stars as sort of like his ministers, to worshipping the stars themselves, so to here we go from prophets who speak in the name of God to suddenly people who speak on the, in the name of the actual object of worship. And they would come and say, hey, this star came to me in my dream. Apollo, representing the sun, came to me in my dream. Or an angel. And said that we have to worship him this and this way. And he told me exactly how to worship him. He said, do this, don't do that. And this is how this practice spread out throughout the world uh, to worship statutes with many kinds of services and to bring offerings and to bow down to them And as time went on, not only did they but they also forgot God himself, the creator of the world. And everyone, and the women, and the children, the only thing that they grew up knowing and they ended up knowing was the statute and the temple they went to and they were educated to worship since they were little, and to swear and to take an oath on their names. And the actual sages they might have had, like the, the priests and of the sort, even those priests eventually started believing themselves that the only uh, entity that's worthy of worship, are the stars and are the galgalim for whom this surat, these figures, these representations, these statues were made in order to represent them? In other words, the sun. For whom uh, this statue of Apollo was made, <inaudible> but God, the 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 rock of the eternal rock. That's a, a term that we use sometimes for God. Nobody mekiro, nobody recognized him, and nobody knew him. Two important terms, which are going to come up in the next halachot, but rather very uh, unique individuals that came after Enosh, and this might explain also why the lineage between Adam and Noah only has one person per generation. According to Harambam, the interpretation is that they represented the very unique individuals who still worshipped God. Hanoch Metushelach, Noach, Shem, Iver. Ve'al derech zo'haya olam midgalgel ve'holech and so on and so forth. This way, the world was continuing ad Amudosh el olam until the, the column of the world was born. So Avraham Avinu ala vashalom, Avraham Avinu peace be upon him as soon as Avraham Avinu became weaned, in other words, as soon as he was, he was a little child, but he, he was weaned of his mother, he started pondering in his mind, being a minor still, and he started uh, contemplating during the day, during the night, or another reading is about the day and about the night, and he was perplexed. If you recall from the first chapter of, of uh, Isodeha Torah, Harambam said that we can find proof to God's existence by the functioning of the universe. So Abraham had these questions as a child. How is it possible that the world functions so well? The inertia, the, the movements that I see around me, all of this activity, all of this energy, it all has to have started somewhere and it has no one to direct it to tell it how to function again a point we made in the Sodea Torah, the world as we know it functions a little too well there is too many things that can go wrong and don't go wrong both on our personal lives as well as around us the world functions a little too well for randomness <laughs> Who is the one turning it? It cannot turn on itself. And he didn't have any teacher, he didn't have anyone to tell him how things are, rather he was uh, drowning among the the fools of Urkasdim, first city in which Abraham began his life, among uh, worshippers of uh, of Azara. And his father, his mother, and and the rest of the people, everyone was worshipping Abu Dazara, and he was worshipping with them. Avraham worshipped Abu Dazara at the beginning, according to Haramdam. That's what we say in the Haggadah of Pesach. And that's another meaning of Arami, of it, Avi. my father was a lost Aramean. One interpretation would be Avraham Avinu at the beginning of his career was lost. But his heart continued trying to wander and to understand until finally he got it. He got the true way, the way that leads to the emet, and he understood the line of the tzedek, emet and tzedek, okay? Emet and tzedek, two things that the Torah represents, the alternative of Avodah Zarah, both at the intellectual level, that's the emet, And tzedek at the political level. Avodah Zarah does not bring about a very pleasant society in which to live. It brings about a hierarchical society. Kav tzedek can only derive from another philosophical system, namely the Torah. But Abraham discovered all of this on his own. he understood, he knew that there is one God and he's the one that makes the world turn around and he created everything and in all the creatures, in all the beings, there is no other God but him. After he understood the truth, this is very important also by the way, it's always tempting to find fault in what others think before you are sure about what you think. Abraham did the opposite. He first was sure of what he knew to be the case, he knew to be true, and then afterwards he understood that everyone else's opinions, by extension, are wrong. And he also understood why they thought the way they thought. And by the way, there's a blueprint for any Jew who really wants to understand the Torah. First you have to know the Torah yourself, you have to be convinced. Then, yes, it's important to understand the mentality of Abu Dazara, of the alternative, and to really understand the the underpinnings of why people do the things they do around us. That is part of Talmud Torah, being a Jew, to understand the mistakes that everyone else around us does. Avraham was 40 years when he finally recognize God. In other words, it wasn't a, a process from one day to the next. The Torah is not a book of, of magical tales. Everything takes time, takes its natural cor- course, and Abraham, it took him 40 years, an important number, which signifies in the Tanakh, when something takes its natural course, like uh, when Am Israel was 40 years in the desert, it means that this is the time it it naturally, in other words, without God intervening, Took us to mature and be ready to enter into the land of Israel. As evidenced by how we behaved the first time we sent the, the spies to see the land, the scouts, which uh, showed we weren't ready. As soon as he both, this was two steps. Hikir was at the age of 40, Yada came later, we don't know when. But between 40 and 75, he also became Yadah, he also knew, he understood, he got it, he grasped everything. Once he reached that level, then he started also debating people around him in Ur And to tell them, hey guys, what you're doing is not the right path. And he broke the statutes, like the very famous Midrash, we all grew up hearing of how... Uh, little Abraham went around and broke his father's statutes. Well, he wasn't so little. This is after he was 40. <speaking in Hebrew> he started telling everyone that the only one who is worthy of worship is the God of the world. <speaking in Hebrew> and it's only to him that it's appropriate to bow down and to bring offerings and to bring um, libations. <speaking in Hebrew> so that Everyone that comes after us will understand that he's the one who needs to. Be. In other words, if we if we get it. So Abraham gets a group and he says, "Hey guys, I know you. You believe me. You understand. It's only God that's worthy of, of worship." And they come and tell him, "Yeah, but Mr. Abraham, we still want to worship the son as a minister of God." So Abraham's argument to them now is, "Well, if you do that, what are your children going to think?" <clears throat> sorry and moreover Abraham said it's appropriate to destroy all the other statutes so that the people do not get confused with them interesting. what Abraham wants is to avoid confused confusion. what the first Komarim wanted, wanted what the first priest that started a wanted was actually to confuse people. And Avodah at the political level, is a tool for manipulation, as we're going to see throughout this book. Avodah is a tool for manipulation. And if I want a group of people to follow me, cult-like, all I have to do is tell them to follow what I say. Because I say it. And the more details I give of how to do a certain thing, the more power I have over their lives. אלא When he started winning the argument, the king wanted to kill him and he had a miracle, uh, again another story we know, and he escaped to the land of Haran. This is still with his father, Terach left ur went to Haran, and that's where he died. And there in Haran, he started calling out to everyone and to let everyone know that there is only one God for the world, the only one who is worthy of our worship. And he would go around, around not only Haran, but all around. He would travel from city to city, from kingdom to kingdom, until he arrived to Canaan. In other words, what we read in the Torah is not that Abraham was supposed to go from Haran. He woke up in Haran and the next day he arrived to Canaan and that was it. No, this was an entire journey spanning around many countries, many cities and part of, Aramba, of Abraham's actual journey. He actually went around and the journey itself was where Abraham tried spreading this truth of his. And as he arrived to well, was still calling out, As it said there, and there too, Avraham called out, in the name of God, the Lord of the world, or the Eternal Lord. Again, this is the Pasuk Harambam uses to inaugurate, it's how Harambam begins each one of his works. A very important Pasuk for Harambam. And as people would gather around and ask him what are these things he's saying, he would explain to them according to their understanding until they returned to the true path, until he had a following of thousands and tens of thousands. And these are the people that are called in the Torah, and Shebet Avraham. He planted within them, very important metaphor, that the truth is something that is like a seed. You plant in someone's heart and then it has to grow. He planted in them this very great root. He wrote books in it. Some people say that this is an allusion to there is a book that we have um, well, this is what Hachamim say Hachamim say that Abraham wrote books on it. Some people say that one of the books that Abraham wrote is called, is what the book that we call Sefer HaYesira uh, Most people think that this is a book written in the time of the Amoraim, but it's written as though Abraham or Adam Arishon were the ones writing it. He taught this to his son, Itzhak. It's also sat down and, and, and tried to bring people back to the path of the truth. <speaking in Hebrew> it's Hak <clears throat> taught this to Yaakov and he appointed him to teach Vyashavin <speaking> <Hebrew> and Yaakov also tried to bring people around him back. <speaking in Hebrew> and Yaakov taught all of his sons. That's what was special about Yaakov. Abraham only taught Itzhak, Itzhak only taught Yaakov. Not Ishmael, not Esav. Yaakov taught all of his children. And then he appointed Levi as the, the one responsible to teach Tere Hashem this path of God and to preserve all the prescriptions that were given to Abraham. And he instructed his children that within Levi, Every generation following from Levi should never stop being the ones responsible to teach these principles to the rest of the children of Israel. And these beliefs that Abraham planted developed in the children of Yaakov. Important. Harambam is giving here a hint that the people who came out of Misraim were not all descendants of Yaakov. And the Torah says that. There were people who had joined us that were not genetically from Yaakov Avinu, but also joined the Jewish people. Until time went on, and as the children of Israel stayed in its again they started learning from the Egyptian ways and to worship Abu Dazara like them, other than the tribe of Levi, that they continued following what their ancestors had told ancestors had told them. And, never worshipped Avodah and it was we were very close to losing this great principle this great root that Abraham had planted and almost the children of yaakov in mitzrayim they were about to go back to the mistaken ways of the other nations. But God, out of his love for us, and out of his desire to keep the oath that he had given to Abraham, that his nation would be a great nation, Asa, he made, in other words, God made, Moshe, he made Moshe into Rabbenu shel kol hanavim. God made Moshe into our master and the master of all other prophets. In other words, he made him into this super prophet, a prophet that was never like him before, nor will there ever be. And he sent him to us. When Moshe Rabbeinu had this prophecy and God chose Israel, not only as the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, but He chose them as Nahala, He chose them as the ones who would be the recipients of uh, the, the, the this uh, heritage that God has for us. <speaking in Hebrew> he crowned us, or He crowned them, with the precept. <speaking in Hebrew> and he's the one who told us exactly how to worship Him. mishpat <speaking in Hebrew> And including also within the way to worship Him what should be done with the Avodah Zarah and all the ones who go after Avodah uh, this is the end of the first chapter tomorrow we continue Be'ezat Hashem with the second chapter